What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome into Hardwood Handicappers. Yes, we're back in action. A little bit of a hiatus of the podcast, taking care of some stuff at home, getting the schedule used to uh, having another child. Second kid, man. It's a little crazy, got to tell you. Uh, But back on schedule. Apologize for the hiatus, but as a Basketball season is now entering kind of the main stage. Not exactly, right? NFL playoffs are here, then college basketball. But uh, we are hot and heavy into the NBA season with a lot of these teams at this point right now. We're talking about 35 to 40 games being played at this point. It's, it's some of the teams, depending on who you look at. Some of these other teams have also had some COVID issues. But we're looking at about 38, 35 games or so being played at this point. So, we have a lot to get to, man. We have a lot to get to when it comes to the world of the association. I want to touch on uh, some pretty good, some pretty d- impactful news uh, when it comes to some big picture stuff, what it could mean for the next few days, uh, some trends to potentially keep an eye out for. Uh, and today we're going to dive into the uh, the market that everybody loves to talk about all season long, most valuable player. So with that, let's start with the headlines. And really, there's not a lot to discuss in terms of headlines going into the weekend, but there is one. Uh, that is actually playing out right now. So I'm recording this on Friday. Uh, the early games are underway right now. So we're watching uh, San Antonio, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Utah and Toronto. And that's where I wanted to focus on because it's a twofold topic when it comes to Utah and Toronto. First of which is uh, Rudy Gobert test positive for COVID Thursday. So he gets placed into COVID protocol. Not playing in this game against the Toronto Raptors. And so... There's a lot that kind of spills out from this. But from the Jazz perspective, you know, Utah's been a team that 
from a statistical standpoint, I've brought this up a couple of times, like from a future standpoint, from a, hey, you know, what kind of a team do I want to look for when it comes to betting futures? I think the Utah Jazz actually check a lot of boxes, right? They have one of the best starting fives in the NBA from a statistical standpoint, right? Net rating, all of these things, defensive and offensive rating. They're a good three-point shooting team. So when you look at teams that have the profile of a squad that could win a title, it's absolutely them, right? If you look at their best starting lineup, of course, that's Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Bojan Bogdanovic, Rudy Gobert, plus 15.9 net rating, offensive rating of 123.7, defensive rating 107.9. In the past, it's been better, but still, when you're outscoring opponents by 15.9 points every 100 possessions, you're doing a really good job. And even their primary backup unit, which is Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, and Rudy Gobert, that lineup has a plus 18.2 net rating. So it's a really good team. Like I said, you know, when you're looking around and you're talking about trying to hunt for value, and especially a Western conference that has a lot of parity in it, and I think, you know, a lot of good teams, but a, a lot of teams that are on the same level with one another. A team like the Utah Jazz, who are behind Golden State and Phoenix at about plus 425, and these numbers courtesy of DraftKings, you can probably find some better numbers elsewhere, right? 11 to 1 to win an NBA title. By the way, that's not a shot at DraftKings. I'm just saying, if you hunt around, you can always find a better number. All right, you like Utah a lot, but I am curious what this means for Utah in the couple of games that Rudy Gobert is not going to be out there. According to some reports, the Jazz are fully vaccinated, so Rudy Gobert is not going to be out there long. But if you look at some of the numbers when Rudy Gobert is off the floor, this becomes a team that is high scoring and fleeting when it comes to the defensive play. Rudy Gobert off the floor, defensive rating for the Utah Jazz, 113.2. That's good for the 26th percentile of qualified lineups in the NBA. This is going to be a team that, if Rudy Gobert is not going to be available, is going to play to a lot of overs. And it's funny because if you go back to the postseason, Rudy Gobert got a lot of flack for the failures of the Utah Jazz. That was not the case, by the way. I'm, so I'm very excited right now. Uh, I, as I'm talking to you, I'm watching the second round of the Century Tournament of Champions. I have Xander Shoffley. Uh, he just holed one in <laughs> uh, for a uh, for an eagle. So I'm very happy about that. Sorry if I feel distracted, but he was at 800. Now he's at 10 under. I got two guys in the running right now. I got Mats, who I think just shanked one on an approach shot, and Shafley, who's now at 10 under. Mats, of course, tied for the lead at 12 under. And this is on Friday, January 7th. But this is this is this is an NBA podcast. Anyway, I digress. So I, I think I'm rambling at this point. The overall point right now, what I'm talking about with Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. If Rudy Gobert's not going to play, the Jazz are going to be an over team. Because if you go back to the postseason and all the failures of the Utah Jazz and so many people pointing at the finger at Rudy Gobert saying you can't play him, this is ridiculous. No, 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 no. That's not the case. The problem with the Utah Jazz last season, the problem with the Utah Jazz this year, and just going forward, their on-ball defenders are somewhat flawed. The reason why the Los Angeles Clippers were able to beat them and, quote-unquote, play Rudy Gobert off the floor was because they had a bunch of dudes who were just getting blown by on dribble penetration. And when Rudy Gobert's out on the perimeter being forced to guard somebody because they got five out, well, that's a problem. And then all of a sudden, when Rudy Gobert is forced to come in, then you get the ball in rotation, boom, three-point shots, and that's what the Clippers did to them. And you see it in some of these numbers, too. When you're talking about Rudy Gobert off the floor, a defensive rating of 113.2, and rim percentage of 66.3% for opponents. So... This is going to be a problem, but I don't think it's going to be long. As I mentioned, the rumor is, is that the Utah Jazz are fully vaccinated, i.e. Rudy Gobert being fully vaccinated. So I think this is going to be one where you're looking at it, and it's not going to be a long stretch, right, for Utah that won't have Rudy Gobert out there. Uh, but it's still 
Today against the Toronto Raptors, we're talking about the first quarter being underway. Utah's got 40 points, Toronto 25, so 65 total points in the first quarter. And as you look ahead to their next few games, right, going into the weekend and in the beginning of next week, it's the first leg of a back-to-back. They're in Indiana on Saturday, and then they're in Detroit on Monday. So it's not exactly the best slate to potentially test this theory of this being a bad defensive team without Rudy Gobert, but the numbers say, the numbers say so, and maybe these are going to be some high-scoring affairs. And on the flip side, they're playing the Toronto Raptors and wanted to expand on this a little bit for those who maybe not have caught the edge or maybe didn't catch any of the written work. Um, but something we're monitoring here for now the next two and a half weeks the Toronto Raptors uh, have decided to cancel tickets, not allow fans into the building. Now, the Ontario government says they're allowed up to 1,000 fans, but we have seen that they're running with empty arenas uh, with just a few friends, families, trainers, all those things in the stands. So what this means is, I think at least, that these are going to be very, very similar scenarios and situations like the Orlando bubble, And like at the beginning of last season, when it comes to scoring and shooting. And for those who don't remember, the scoring in the Orlando bubble was off of the charts. And the scoring last season was extremely, extremely good. According to Cleaning the Glass and non-garbage time minutes, average offensive rating last season was 112.9. Now, to give you an idea, this season, the average offensive rating in non-garbage time minutes is 110, flat. So last season, throughout the year, teams were averaging nearly three full points more per 100 possessions than they are at this point of the season right now. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable and spark wonder without overstimulation so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep each episode is narrated by me cheryl mcleod a second grade teacher and written by my husband clark an eternal second grader at heart tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep make bedtime the sweetest part of your day sleep tight stories Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids 
where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can tell that there's a clear difference in terms of scoring, and a big part of that was favorable backdrops for shooters and scoring, and we have seen now through three games in Toronto... All three games went over the total, and we're going to see if this continues here tonight against the Utah Jazz. But I'll also say this, okay? This is the this is the thing about testing theories and playing on market discrepancies, things of that nature. If you're going to test something, you got to be consistent about it. So even if a game like today, Utah and Toronto, which I didn't bet this over because Utah had a bunch of injuries, but as we move forward and Toronto has these home games that they're going to be playing, it's going to be something that I think you consistently – until these games start like really going under or the market makes an extreme adjustment, then it's going to be a play that we consistently try, right? So the next couple of home games for the Toronto Raptors, New Orleans, then Phoenix, then they're going to be gone from home for a full week. They get Detroit, Milwaukee, Miami, Dallas, Washington. Then they come back home for what are going to be two clear contenders for over games in Portland and Charlotte. So keep an eye on this to move forward. But again, like the, the overall point for this and the overall point, I think, for you as a better like when you find something, right, that you think is consistently underpriced by the market. You know, a really good example is Humans and I on the Edge. Uh, it was, I think, five straight weeks in which we played the New England Patriots during their winning streak. And one of those was a loss. One of those was that overtime loss to the Dallas Cowboys. But kept going back to the well, kept going back to the well, and got to cash in on a good chunk of their win streak. And I actually jumped off once they beat the Atlanta Falcons. But really got to consistently play on them during that winning streak. And I think that's kind of a really good theory. And if, if I don't know, if nobody remember this. I don't, but regardless, I'm rambling. You go back to last year too, you know, when the Nets didn't have Kevin Durant and they lost Kyrie Irving for a stretch and they only had James Harden running the show, I thought they were an extremely undervalued team. And there was one point last year with just James Harden in which they were, they had won like 11 out of 12 games, something like that. And I consistently vet them throughout that win streak too. So just to be said, with this thing as we're going to move forward and monitor Toronto, there's not a lot of chances for it. And who knows, maybe they extend this out for the rest of the season. But consistently betting these Toronto games over potentially is going to be something to do and something to monitor as we move forward because I do think that these environments are much more conducive to scoring just like the Orlando bubble and just like at the beginning of last season. So, all right, with that, we got a lot of other topics to get to. Let's discuss, uh, you know what, hmm. <laughs> there's a lot to get to here. You know what, first off, we, since we're talking about overs, uh, let's discuss a little bit more at length the Brooklyn Nets. So, Because uh, I think this is pretty interesting, what's going down with the Brooklyn Nets. So obviously, as we saw, Kyrie Irving, he comes back the other day for the Brooklyn Nets. And yes, they're, we should be fair, they're playing the Indiana Pacers, right? So we don't want to overreact to a lot of what we saw in that game. 
But I think there are some things we should discuss and talk about when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets in that game against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, The first of which is let's talk about their offense because this is exactly what you're talking about here when it comes to what Kyrie Irving does for this team what it means for the Brooklyn Nets now that he's back in the fold, and big picture-wise, like and, and just what it means, because they're playing right now, right, as I'm doing this podcast, what it means for a team just to continue to roll through different types and iterations of your squad, you know, as you move along the season. You know, to go from having Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on only road situations, but then coming back home and having to play some other role players who've been doing their job and playing extremely well, But still, that's a different iteration, right? That's a top 10 defensive team, the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie Irving. But against the Indiana Pacers the other night, uh, that was definitely not a top 10 team in terms of what they were doing defensively against the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers, who were playing a G League backcourt, put up 119 points per 100 possessions. And to be fair, the defense for the Brooklyn Nets has kind of fallen off a little bit over the last couple of games. Uh, They gave up to Milwaukee, who they couldn't stop on the offensive glass. Defensive rating of 125.6. Defensive rating on 117.6 to the Clippers, which is not good. And then a defensive rating on 115.8 to the Philadelphia 76ers. So we've kind of seen recently this defense fall off. And whether that's due to injuries and absences, guys in and out of the lineup because of COVID situations, the Brooklyn Nets had to deal with that. Or whether this that's just this team's true color starting to show, even without Kyrie Irving. But I, I kind of think that this team's going to be a little bit better defensively when you look at them playing at home and the team that put they put together, right, that was ninth in defensive efficiency before the game against the Indiana Pacers. But I, I think overall, like going forward, big picture, what this means for this team, I'm really intrigued to see if Brooklyn all of a sudden becomes on the road an over team and at home an under team, and specifically more on the road an over team. Because Kyrie Irving, when it comes to what he does defensively, it's actually more like what he doesn't do defensively, right? Kyrie Irving in his career has never, never improved his team's defensive efficiency when he's been on the floor, right? And I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, but just to reiterate uh, what we're looking at with the Brooklyn Nets, right? Last season, the Nets gave up 115.3 points per 100 possessions in Kyrie Irving's time on the floor, okay? Defensive rating that by this season would be dead last by about 1.1 points. When he and Harden shared the floor, that defensive rating was 116.3. Not good. However, as we know, Irving, really good offensive player. And in those minutes with Harden and him sharing the floor together, despite the fact that they had a defensive rating of 116.3, they still outscored opponents by five points per 100 possessions because of their offensive rating of 121.3. Right? And case in point, we go back to that game against the Indiana Pacers. And despite the fact that they gave up a defensive rating of 119 and gave up 121 points, Offensive rating of 127 for Brooklyn. And depending on what number you got, they covered. So what Brooklyn's going to be, man. But I think these games are going to be pretty high scoring. There's not going to be a lot of defense when it's Kyrie Irving and James Harden sharing the backcourt together. And I think this team, when we're talking about them playing over or playing on the road, those are going to be some really high scoring affairs. So something to keep an eye on with the Brooklyn Nets as you move forward with them. And as far as their future road schedule goes, the Brooklyn Nets. So they're home today against Milwaukee. They get a Sunday game against the San Antonio Spurs. But these are and these are perfect. These next two are perfect experiments for this. Monday and Wednesday. Monday, they're going to be in Portland. And Wednesday, they're going to be in Chicago. 
that's going to be two legitimately good tests of whether or not this defense, you know, exactly what we're thinking, right? That maybe this defense isn't going to be good. This offense is going to continue to be great. That this is going to be an over team on the road. And lo and behold, you get Portland and Chicago, your next two road games to test that theory. So those would be some high totals too. Especially because with Chicago, you know, their defense is starting to fall off a little bit. And it's part of it's because Alex Caruso hasn't been in the lineup. But defensively, they're starting to become a little bit more uh, like the team we expected them. I shouldn't say we. The team that I expected them to be coming into the season. Uh, now, as of today, they're still 11th in defensive efficiency in non-garbage time minutes, 108.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, but if you look at like the number during their eight-game winning streak, for example, defensive rating of 111.1, and, you know, it's below average. It's not the worst, but it's definitely nowhere near the best. And you're starting to see them really miss Alex Caruso. And that's going to be an interesting test for them, even if Caruso's back, right? And they're playing at home in Chicago. Kyrie Irving on the floor raises the the floor insane, an insane amount offensively, but that defense is going to be so bad. So that's kind of the two trends we're talking about looking and tracking here moving forward, right? Toronto Raptors games over at home, Brooklyn Nets games over on the road. Uh, let's discuss some awards because I do think that I, I, there's a little bit of value that I found in the futures market, and I haven't even touched on this at all really this season. It's been all about football, football, football on the edge, and rightfully so, but I have to do a better job of getting this podcast out to you guys regularly, which we're starting to do now. And, of course, promoting some more stuff, both on the website and on the edge. But I was bored the other night, and so I was going through MVP futures, right? And I, I had it in my mind that I wanted to play DeMar DeRozan. But, I, you know, I noticed that, like, all right, you know, the market's kind of moving all over the place and, you know, rightfully so. He hits those back-to-back winners, you know, Indiana and Washington. I don't think it was in that order. Maybe it was Washington and Indiana. Regardless, you know, back-to-back nights, he hits both of those game winners. He is the best player on the Chicago Bulls at this point right now, which is incredible, given it's his first year with the team and there's an established superstar out there in Zach Levine. But I don't think there's really any question about that. But I, I wanted to play him because, one, the MVP moments, right? It makes you notice a guy. And then I, and then I start to look at some of his numbers, and you realize, wow, like this guy legitimately like has a candidacy for MVP. If you look at cleaning the glass, efficiency differential, team points scored per 100 possessions, minus team points allowed per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. DeMar DeRozan improves the Chicago Bulls net rating by 17 points every 100 possessions. 17 points. He's got a plus 17 efficiency differential. When he's on the floor, they have an offensive rating of 115.7. And here's the thing. He's doing it on defense, too. At least he's he's at least helping on the defensive end of the floor. A guy who has consistently throughout his career been, I don't even want to call him a negative, but he's definitely never been a positive. When he's on the floor, Chicago Bulls given up 7.8 points fewer per 100 possessions. 106.2 is their defensive rating when he's on the floor. He has been nuts. He's shooting a career-high 36.2% from three at this point right now, averaging 26.9 points per game. And, like, I wonder if rebounds, assists, those other statistics, how much those hold him back, right? Because he's not stuffing the stat sheet when it comes to the traditional metrics outside of that. But in terms of what he has meant for the Bulls winning and what he has meant for the Chicago Bulls run to the top seed in the Eastern Conference as of January 7th, he is an extremely valuable player and arguably 
one of the most valuable players in the NBA. It's nuts. And it's a really cool story. But he's also got a legitimate shot at it. So I decided, I was like, all right, well, I'm bored. Let me look around and see, you know, what kind of odds are out there. And, you know, at, at DraftKings, he gets up to 28 to 1. Some spots, he's 30 to 1. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't want to get in on a price like that. You know, I'm disappointed. I missed the boat. And then I perused BetMGM out here in Nevada, which, by the way, apparently has uh, different numbers than other markets. And lo and behold, who do I find the bottom of their odds board to an MVP, but DeMar DeRozan at 66 to 1. 66 to 1. His odds for, for BetMGM Nevada were worse than those of John Morant, who was at 50 to 1. That's that's incredible. By the way, 66 to 1, 1.5% applied probability. He's got a better chance than that. And if you're thinking, well, he doesn't stack up to the others, I think arguably he's got, this is going to sound crazy, I think he's got a better case than Kevin Durant. If you're just looking at this from a, again, value standpoint, what is a guy's value to his team? Kevin Durant right now, efficiency differential plus 16.1. Again, DeRozan's plus 17. He blows Kevin Durant out of the water right now. Just blows him out of the water, right? He's two about two points. I'll, let me double-check my notes. I, I thought I had this in front of me. He's about two points or so. Behind Steph Curry in terms of efficiency differential. He's three points better than Giannis Antetokounmpo's efficiency differential. So again, this is just one metric. But it gives you an idea of a guy's value to his team. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan in the same breath as Giannis, as Steph Curry, and as Nikola Jokic in terms of his statistical value to his team when he is on the floor. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. 
Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On top of which, his team is now the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. You're going to tell me that's not MVP material? You're going to tell me that that guy has a 1.5% chance to win the award? <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I don't think so. It's much higher than that. If he can maintain this level of play that he's been on, that he's been doing, he's 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 legitimately right now. I love this argument always, but if the season ended today, if the season ended today, if I could get that out, if the season ended today. He's getting votes and arguably could win it. And and to tear down the other cases around him too, you know, because I think Stephen Curry, out of the two favorites, Stephen Curry has the best case, right, to win MVP. Because if you're looking about his, and again, let me specify this, of the two favorites, okay? If you're looking at it from his worth, efficiency differential this season of plus 20.4, which would be the highest since the 2015-2016 season for him. When he's on the floor from an efficiency standpoint offensively, their offensive efficiency improves by 11.3 points per 100 possessions. They're scoring 114.8 per when he's out there on the floor. It's a, it's a massive drop-off when he's not out there, down to 103.5. By the way, the Chicago Bulls average less than a point per possession without DeMar DeRozan out there. Just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> like, I just, from Curry's standpoint, he's got a strong case. But I, I think from Durant's standpoint, from his, if you're building this just on numbers, which I know some of you maybe don't like, I, DeMar DeRozan's got the better case in him. So th- this is the dramatic way of saying that DeMar DeRozan is a legitimate MVP candidate and that if you're can, if you out here in Nevada, still grab that 66-1 to 1 for him to win MVP, that is totally worth it in terms of the value. Especially, it's just off market, right? You know, like you have places, the highest other price I could find was 40-1 to 1 on DeMar DeRozan. 40 and we're talking about 66 to 1 over at BetMGM. So just being an off-market price, that's totally worth shopping at this point right now. And I will say, and I have said this on the show, I've said it in passing, but I, and I think I've said it on this podcast before, but I'm going to say this one more time. I think the 66 to 1 ticket that I have on DeMar DeRozan is my favorite just from value standpoint. But if we're talking about value and I'm just kind of sitting back and Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting a little too greedy. I want to see how how high this number gets. The most valuable player to his team is not even the favorite to win the award. Nikola Jokic again is in the middle of an insane season, but again, if we're talking value to his team, twenty four plus he's plus twenty four. His efficiency differential plus twenty four, right? Their efficiency differential improves by twenty four points every one hundred possessions when he is on the floor with the Denver Nuggets. If you look at some of the numbers when he is on the court as opposed to off the court, it is staggering how different the Denver Nuggets are with and without Nikola Jokic. 
With Jokic on the four, they're outscoring opponents by 8.8 points every 100 possessions, averaging 113.9 points per 100 possessions on offense, giving up 105.1 on defense. That's with Nikola Jokic on the floor. If you take Nikola Jokic off the floor, and these numbers are all according to cleaning the glass, the net differential or net rating goes from plus 8.8 to negative 15.3. They score 103.1 points per 100 possessions, and they give up 118.3. They get outscored by 15.2 points every 100 possessions when Jokic is not on the floor. They have a negative 15.2 net rating in those minutes. They have a plus 8.8 net rating when he's on the floor. Again, you can get Jokic in the range of like 12 to 1, depending on where you shop. (laughs) But we know that these awards aren't voted on this. Actually, he's now at 16 to 1. Problem is, is that we know that awards aren't voted on for something like like this, right? Because Denver Nuggets are going to fight for like, you know, 6C, play-in type team. I just think if you're talking about pure value to their team, Nikola Jokic is the most valuable player in the NBA right now. All right, so just to recap really quickly, so as we move forward, we're going to start tracking these Toronto overs at home for the next three weeks and maybe beyond that if Ontario is going to maintain this, hey, only 1,000 fans and the Toronto Raptors, even if they allow 1,000 fans in the building, still think it's worth something to keep a track of. Brooklyn Nets games going over the total from now on with uh, Kyrie Irving available on road games only, so keeping track of those totals on the road for the Brooklyn Nets. And then the MVP race and uh, DeMar DeRozan now officially in the pocket. You know, I got to think, I think next week I'll recap some of these futures now that we're kind of at the halfway point and see where I'm at. Got some dead ones, but got some good ones too that I'm feeling pretty nice about. Got Evan Mobley, 3-1 to one to win Rookie of the Year. Got Mo Wagner, who just won Rookie of the uh, Conference in December for the month. Got Mo Wagner, I think, like 40 to 1, something like that, to win Rookie of the Year as well. I, I don't think he's going to win it. I think it's Mobley's right now to lose, but uh, a lot can happen. A lot can happen over the course of the next four months. So, uh, with that, again, just to reiterate, so we are back, uh, recorded these regularly. Fridays and Tuesdays will be the regularly posted schedule. Um, so, look for another episode on Tuesday, a recap of the weekend, a look at the week ahead. That'll include, right, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, all, you all the good stuff, all the good stuff. And uh, we'll start turning these out. As we get closer to the nitty and the gritty of the NBA season. Till then, uh, vcin.com slash mejvt. Oh, no, actually, it's just vcin.com slash jvt. I don't know why I put my Twitter handle in there. Uh, but I do want to say, really quickly, since we're on that topic. I hit my microphone. I apologize. Uh, the support and the well wishes and all of those things, really appreciate it. And also, uh, the kind words that you all had about the, uh, the article on the website. Uh, it has been great. I really appreciate it. Um. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I like handicapping the NBA. I hope the write-ups have been helpful, even on the games that I don't bet. Hopefully it gives you some information to make it educated decision one way or the other. And uh, hopefully we continue to have a, a good season. We'll see where the uh, year takes us, right? It's a long year. And uh, as much as I would enjoy to, hitting at 66% all season long is not going to be. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 